Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can DM us or there's also a phone number on there. You can text us. You want to be on the show. You have questions you want me to ask the entrepreneurs. You know someone that you want to recommend to be on the show and you want me to reach out to them or you eat at the place and don't know how to get a hold of them, but you love it, DM me also. I can do that. So with that being said, I have a special guest with us from Wenatchee, Washington, where my friend Justin Fox, who everyone knows is Birch Mountain Barbecue. You should go back and listen to those episodes. So we have Phil with us today of A Pizza Shop. How are you doing today, Phil? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. So Phil... Tell me your story. We talked a little bit beforehand. You're you're obviously from New York area, um, or New York State, and tell me about how the journey you got to Washington. Number one, and sort of have has entrepreneurism always been a part of your life and a part of your family, and and how did that start? So, two broad questions. Yeah. And uh, who anyone who doesn't know, it took me a while to get this podcast started and and get it right, but. So I'm a little wound up and pumped up my adrenaline, but Phil, tell us your story. I'm trying to get to know you, man. Yeah, for sure, man. No worries. Um, yeah. So like I said before, I grew up in Western New York, uh, Rochester for anyone who knows just outside Buffalo. Um, and basically didn't really have entrepreneurship in my family, but, uh, I worked for a pretty special company called Zoomies and, uh, through those guys, I was allowed to basically become a store manager, which relocated me out of upstate New York down to New York City. Um, and so I got to spend a lot of time in the the pizza capital of the world, I'll call it. Um, and obviously just enjoying great pizza. And there's really great pizza, too, in western New York, by the way. I will say that. Um, but anyways, uh, just, you know, obviously as a kid of the, the 90s, love pizza, fell in love with pizza. Um, and in New York, I had to kind of go to all the classic spots, all the, the big names, the little guys, and just kind of experience all that. Um, I lived there for about five years and then relocated to Philadelphia with my wife. Um, and once again, got to meet some really good people in the pizza industry and experience some, some good stuff that's happening in Philadelphia and just started really getting into um, – kind of I don't want to say the art of it because I feel like that sounds very pretentious but just like baking is it's a it's a little bit of a science obviously but it's fun and so I just started making messing around trying to make my own pizza um and then we relocated to Wenatchee with where my wife's hometown is and yeah started missing pizza from the east coast and um just kind of connected with a couple of my friends that either ran pizza shops or um wrote for food websites about pizza and just trying to learn as much from them as I could. And that kind of kicked off my journey into like really trying to make pizza. And um, yeah, so started making pizza at home, still make it at home all the time. We do Sunday dinners with my family. They're the test kitchen, my family, my, my in-laws. Um, but they said it was really good. And so at first I was like, is that just because you guys have not had very good pizza <laughs> your whole lives or do you really like it? And so they're like, no, it's really good. And um, so I started just sharing it with people we knew in the in the area and got a hold of Justin, who you mentioned before from Birch Mountain. And yeah, started doing some pop-ups there. And that's kind of the pizza journey. And 
how we got out here, a very abridged version of my story. But um, yeah, so as I mentioned, there's not in my family, no one really owns their own business or anything like that. Or um, I just kind of picked up the skills, like I said, through Zoomies and fell in love with making pizza. So now that's what I'm trying to do. So this is interesting because I like this analogy and I like this skill and I do agree like it's not to be thing but I the art of pizza making is a unique art it is a skill uh, in my opinion to make good pizza not just make Domino's pizza and it's not that Domino's isn't good it's just there's a level above it um, that we all know about one's like okay like we're feeding the masses the other one's like we're feeding people good pizza and maybe it costs a little bit more okay and so yeah. let's talk about the art of pizza and break it down in the skills that you're talking about. Like, well, what did it take for you to learn what it was and have the confidence to go out on your own with pizza? Like, I just want to talk about the skills that stack up over years, because as an entrepreneur, it's important that we not just be like, oh, I just got to be an entrepreneur. Like, it's not anyone's thing. Like, there's a stacking and a layering that happens, whether it's when we're kids or when we're adults, that happens before we become entrepreneurs i'm sorry let me rephrase that the entrepreneurs that we get to talk about on the podcast or in life in general that have some success or are building a successful product so um will you help me understand that phil in the audience um a little bit yeah pizza making in general i think yeah like you said anyone can make pizza it's basic ingredients right it's flour water sugar yeast it's it's basic ingredients so anyone can make pizza and i think and i don't it, it's very weird for me to talk about my pizza as if i'm doing a service to the world but um it i think you know man it's tough to say but i just I, for me making pizza is it's relaxing it's fun it there is that I, as growing up, I like to paint, draw, and create that way. And so this, to me, is like a different way of doing it. And so I think, um, for me, the process is a way to express myself creatively. And I think feeding people is, and being able to share a meal with people, to me, is really special, um, just from my family. And, and picking that up with from my grandfather, uh, who always did Sunday pasta and all that stuff. So... I, for me, I think there's something communal about it, obviously, but I, it's tough for me to answer the question, I guess, um, from that standpoint of like what it's taken me. Cause I still feel like I'm in that process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Always probably a lifelong process. Yeah. So to get to this point, I think for me, it was just trial and error and really figuring out the types of dough that I like to make or the, the ingredients that I like to work with, but I also, you know, I don't know. This is a bad answer. I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> you said you know, it's a good one. It's a good one. Let, let's just talk <laughs> about this. Let's talk about what attracted you to pizza in the first place. Like what was the lore? What do you like about it? Like what's your favorite pizza? Um, like until you started making your own pizza, like what is it that drew you to it? Um, as a kid, obviously like, all kids, I feel like, especially in my age group, pizza is the food that you see everywhere from Ninja Turtles to Ghostbusters. So, like, everything that I grew up watching, it was always the the food. And so, as a kid, I always loved going out to get pizza, whether it was, you know, going to the actual shop and eating there. So, there's, like, the experience of it. 
Um, but for me, as I became an adult, it just one as a you know a single man back in the day was just a cheap, easy, affordable option to eat and have food leftovers. And, and but there's something about when I think you find really good pizza uh, that I really just the flavors, the the way the dough. It, like I don't know. There's so many different levels to uh, just a slice of pizza when you actually start to really like pizza. Um, and so for me, I love that about pizza is that it is this, it's so simple, like I said before, but it can be so complex and it can be, there's like just things that make different pizzas better. And so, um, for me, yeah, like favorite pizza probably is a New York slice, like a classic New York style pizza, which, um, a lot of people try to recreate or is their basic style of pizza, um, but like I said, you, uh, we can go to some, you know, fancy spot in New York that makes pizza and it's probably going to be really good. But even in New York, you can go to a spot that's like, you know, $2 slices and you'll still get the pizza that you want. That classic, that taste and uh, the fluffiness of the dough, but the crunch and like, yeah. So that's probably my go-to pizza. I make Detroit style mostly, but have started to really try to hone in on a good New York slice which I think is a lot harder to make. I like this a lot. Um, so talk to me a little bit about this. Did the pizza experimenting start before or after you met your wife? Because you mentioned meeting her and then there was a pivoting point there that I feel like, and I want to just capture that. Uh, no, it was definitely after. Uh, she's been uh, someone who's been pushing me in the direction of like trying to pursue the pizza hobby as a potentially a career. I'm um, just based on we know a lot of people in the restaurant scene here in Wenatchee, but the pizza making started after um, we were married, but the love for pizza started uh, well before we met. But What's her favorite pizza? Oh, I'm embarrassed to say. Um, she will take, I'm not a big fruit on pizza guy. I, I don't know if I'll die on that hill, but I am, I'm, not a big fruit on pizza guy, but she loves uh, a, like a Hawaiian, but she'll add some olives um, and green peppers to it. So, um, and her favorite place to get it from is like Papa John's, which to me blows my mind. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I know. It's, it's just because it's, it's nice a, having her yeah. have the like uh, to taste the pizza because she doesn't hold or pull any punches or hold back. So. I appreciate her for that as well. So let's get into the story of a, of a pizza shop. Like, how did you come up with the name? Like, how did you start saying, okay, I'm actually going to do a pop-up. I'm actually going to do this. Like, let's break down because it's not easy to make these decisions and invest the money in the capital in what you're doing in boxes and stuff like that. So could you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, as I said a little bit, you know, in my long-winded rambling answer before, <laughs> was it was just kind of something I started. I was like, hey, I want to get um, obviously our family, your family together for like a Sunday dinner, um, and um, I want to start trying to make pizza and start trying to do it that way. So I bought a couple of pans to start with Detroit style because um, I have a buddy at Philly, who is uh, well, an acquaintance I met through Philly that is uh, has a really good Detroit spot there, and so just talked to him about dough and things like that, and started 
just figuring out what it would take to make an actual pizza um, consistently, regularly, specifically in his style. And so, yeah, I just started experimenting um, one night with some dough and see what works, what felt good, what looked like uh, it was supposed to on, you know, just talking to friends and sending sending pictures of it of my dough and it rising and just bombarding some of my friends with questions. But and then so that first bake happened and like I said, I was like, I felt the flavors were pretty good. It it reminded me of, you know, some of the better guys I had Detroit pizza from, the Detroit style pizza. And I was like, okay, I think I'm pretty close here. I think there's some things that need to change. And so um made it again the next week. Um and we had uh, this time we invited our my in laws over and they were they're like yeah this pizza's pretty good so get started just kind of inviting some of our friends that like i said that live around here that worked in the food industry to taste it and one by one they just started to really you know we're like yeah i think you got something here i think this is like this is good pizza i haven't had anything like this style pizza in this area or you know through their food travels or things like that and so i just started doing it weekly and started taking pictures of it and popping it up on instagram and then uh like i said had met justin before a little bit and justin reached out and was like hey man like let me know if you want to come cook or try to cook in our in the smoker and see how the pizza goes there and so i was like oh yeah 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 i didn't really think about it and i told my wife and like i said she was she's been a big proponent of um pushing it and and kind of uh, pushing me out of my comfort zone and so I was like, all right, well, let me go make some pizzas for Justin. Made him some, and he was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, this is really good. Like, let's, no one's making pizza like this around here. Let's try to do something. So between, like, him and my wife, I was like, all right, let me, what did it take? Let, let's start looking at, like, how many pans do I need to make this work? How does the system have to go? Um, what toppings would I do? What flavors do I like? What flavor, that's, I think, the thing that um, right now is the, that's always on my head is like, what other things can I try? Cause I know what I like on pizza, but I'm trying to think of, you know, what would someone want to buy? So, um, yeah. So I guess that's kind of where it went snowballed and in that process started the Instagram, um, started trying to really like, once we got the first date on the calendar with Justin trying to figure out how does it look like, what it all the way down to business things of like, what's the food margin started like keeping my receipts and trying to like, see you, you know, is it profitable? Is it not? And obviously like at this point, I don't even really care. I just want more people to have my pizza and, and see how it goes and get feedback that way first. But yeah, that's kind of the journey to now. And I've only done two pop-ups with him. As I said before in our conversation that I'm still very much a home home cook who's doing some pop-ups here and there, but uh, have filed for the business license. So I guess I'm on my way. <laughs> What's your favorite part about the venture right now? Like, what is it that you're enjoying the most? Like how, I mean, it's exciting, right? And you're trying to figure out where these pop-ups come up, but what is the most exciting part to you? Uh, I think it's getting to like the busyness of working like with the pizza and cooking it and like the actual day of the pop-up is probably my favorite. Um, Obviously I love seeing people's reaction when they, you know, try something you've made and they're like, they like it. I enjoy that part of it, but to me, I selfishly, I like the craziness, the busyness of pop-ups and trying to like manage, you know, what pizzas are cooking faster and the order and timing of things going and then being able to interact with people who I don't know who are trying my pizza for the first time or buying it. Um, Just based on my retail background, like I love connecting with 
customers and people. And so uh, my current job is not so much that. Um, so it, it's kind of a little bit of a, um, it gets that itch out or it scratches that itch for me by being able to connect with them. I like that a lot. I mean, the fulfillment that you're getting from the interaction, I think, is huge and the feedback and stuff like that. So let's just talk about how you created the, like, what kind of equipment are you using? Like, how do you even create a pop-up in the pizza business? Like, let's talk about that. And, like, then how do you then go to market? Like, what did you come up with ingredients? And how do you think about where you're sourcing from and and what kind of pizzas you're going to serve? Like, how did you even come up with the crust, for example? Like, where did that start? Oh yeah. So that's, um, I think I missed an answer to earlier a question you had about the name, uh, the name, I just wanted something that was going to be like classic sounding. So like we go to the pizza shop, we're going to go get pizza at the pizza shop. So I just wanted it to be kind of straightforward name that I would never get sick of hearing or looking at on paper. Um, and then, so for the crust, that's just a signature Detroit style crust where the cheese, uh, kind of bakes to the pan and crisps up like that and gives you that crunch and, so there's no real bread crust. It's all you basically cook it in the pan and wall to wall cheese it. So the cheese melts down around the side of the bread or the dough itself and creates this kind of cheese crust. Um, and the history of that, that just comes from people in Detroit using like oil pans to make pizza, like old oil pans that were cooking pizza. In, and that's how that cheese got all in there and burnt up the sides a little bit, making it look like that kind of ridge of cheese. Um, and so what were some of the questions you just asked? You asked about sourcing ingredients. Yeah, I mean, uh, how'd you come up with even the crust? Like, how do you even come up with the ingredients? Like, where are you, how are you figuring out what kind of pizza you're going to serve? Or is you going the traditional route? I just, from the mindset of the entrepreneur, how are you taking your brand to market, basically? And what are you thinking? What's going on in your mind, Phil? Like, in terms of, like, how am I going to do this? Like, what is it that I want to be known as? Yeah. So, okay. Now I gotcha. So I, I first was just trying to keep it safe with kind of classic pizza flavors. So I did like a pepperoni pesto, um, a sausage pepperoni, and then I did like just a cheese one, just kind of classic pepperoni or classic pizza shop flavors or pizza parlor flavors. Um, and then, um, as that one did well, just trying to think of how do I start to look locally, um, and work with, Yes, local ingredients, but also more like how do I use this as an opportunity to collaborate with some local businesses? Um, and so for the second one, we did a barbecue pizza. It wasn't barbecue sauce on it, but we used Justin's uh, pulled pork that he makes um, and some roasted red peppers that he did. And we basically created this pizza um, that would be a little bit of a collaboration between both of our ingredients. So um, just knowing that he has such a good following and people really enjoy his food i wanted to be able to you know obviously try to highlight his food in a different way that maybe you didn't think about um and so i think typically that's how i try to approach stuff now for pizza that i'm testing at home is you know doing like a bond meat pizza or um keeping it kind of rooted in that in the flavors but not you know getting too weird with it. Like I said, I'm not a big fruit on pizza guy, but I've, I've tried some, you know, a fig on a pizza with bacon or uh, tried some different flavors. And so I think um, for me, Wenatchee is known as the apple capital, at least in these parts it is. And a lot of apples get exported from here. So 
looking at is there a way to work with the local orchard to use apples possibly on a pizza in the future or you know i think to me that's the biggest thing is i i'm not i'm not as concerned with the margins right now of like the business of keeping healthy food margins i mostly want to just make good pizza and do it as locally and use quality ingredients as i can if i can't do it locally with the stuff around here if that makes sense and the way I've decided to do flavors going to market, like I said, was either for right now, if we're using Justin's pop-up stuff or using his location or working with him, I want to make sure that we can either highlight some of the stuff he does well. So people who are coming that know my stuff but don't know his can also taste a little bit of what he does well and kind of we can customer share that way. So I guess that's kind of how I looked at it so far for the pop-ups, um, specifically with him. Very, very, very cool. Um, geez, I don't even know where to go from here. It's you know, what are you hoping this 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 does? Are you hoping for your own trailer or truck? Are you hoping for your own brick and mortar? Like, where are the dreams you know starting to manifest? I should say, and where yeah. are the things like okay, now I'm doing this, and as an entrepreneur, this starts opening up doors in your mind, or I say rabbit holes to chase rabbits, <laughs> you know, blue pill or the red pill, and uh, mm-hmm. but it's um, what where is your mind going? What are your hopes, dreams, and that are starting to manifest in your head? Yeah, so I think when I first started it, it wasn't I didn't think long term about it initially because i was just like oh this is just fun i want some good pizza i'm gonna make pizza for me and my family to eat and then now it's turned into you know like i said i just started applying for the business license that that process and starting to look at you know what works best for kind of what i want to do and so yeah i mean I, I sit down a restaurant, I think would be nice from the standpoint of like being able to interact with customers more frequently. Uh, but I think the, the best bet for a pizza shop, what I love is being able to like, you know, come grab your pizza and then be able to eat for you to curate your own experience with the pizza, especially for me, some of the best times that I can think of at eating pizza in New York is like grabbing a slice, you know, walk into the train or, you know, you're heading to like a, sh- a show or after a show, um, a concert or whatever. And you're like, all right, well, let's grab a pizza from the, the shop in the corner here where it's like, there may be a little couple seats in there, but really it's about getting a good slice of pizza and being able to take it with you or, or go experience it with your family, things like that. So I, I think for me, I think the way we want to do this is if we do a brick and mortar space, it'll probably be smaller to go window. And then if not, I've been starting to look at the possibility of uh, what does it look like to do a food truck? What equipment would I need? Or um, especially to do Detroit style pizza um, well in a, in an oven that may not be, you know, gas or maybe open flame. How does it, how do you do it well? And so started exploring those things um, with a few uh, at home oven options right now. But yeah, I, I, I'd say we're kind of open to wherever the road takes us. I know that's not a very, uh, solid business plan yet, but I think we're still, like I said, I still feel very much like a home chef who's really starting to figure it out, out what I want to do. And so for me, the dream is, yeah, if there's a brick and mortar opportunity that makes sense, let, let's do it. Um, if it's, you know, we, we get a good deal on a food truck, let's do it. And like, let's, you know, bring the pizza to the people. So that should be your slogan. Bring the pizza <laughs> to the people. Yeah. 
So, Phil, tell me about, like, just, well, how old are you, number one, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, no worries. Yeah, I'm 35. So you're just starting this first entrepreneurial venture at 35. It just shows, like, guys, it's never too late to start. So that I just yeah. want to anchor that with everyone in the audience. Number two is, what is your inspiration, like, in life? Um, do you, have you had mentors in life or coaches that made an impact? I mean, some people it's books or, or, or anything like that. Is, is there anything like that in your life that you hold on to or that motivates you and inspires you? Um, I, I called out Zoomies earlier. Um, and for those who don't know, Zoomies is a typically a mall based, you know, action sports retailer. Um, and I called those guys out initially, uh, because I, well, I spent 15 years working for that company. Um, but the relationships I met, made there are probably what has stuck with me from a business or work ethic standpoint. And so, um, yeah, I would say probably my old district manager turned regional manager, Doug, uh, not necessarily like a mentor protege relationship or anything like that, but, um, definitely someone who I took a lot of life lessons from, um, and then especially in the business world. So stuff that I still use and, I think probably a little bit of my confidence or arrogance and thinking that I could run my own business comes from that company of just really driving competition and it kind of instilling in me the ownership to make business decisions for each of my stores and then eventually my district and things like that. So I think um, I've had made a lot of connections in that company that I still talk to a lot of those people regularly and people that either still work for them or don't um, that I lean on when I, you know, have a, question or an idea or kind of source their their feedback on and uh yeah so i don't i don't have one in particular but there's a i'd say a group of people that i will you know plant the seed in their ear like hey i'm thinking about doing this what do you think <laughs> and see what they say so yeah i mean what i like about you phil is you seem like a person that commits to something and actually executed you're not going to say something and not do it like i i think there's a lot of people out there that make commitments or what i now call like uh, a Nashville yes almost. It's like say yes, but then slowly, 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 eventually say no or or not say no, just disappear. And yeah. it's not a direct thing. And coming from the Northeast United States, this is just like the most offensive thing you could possibly do to a Northeasterner because <laughs> we're the most direct people ever. So when you do that, I just want everyone to know in the audience or anyone who's not from the Northeast United States, when you don't just say no or yes, or I will get back to you and give an emphatic answer of yes or no in that thing and a response, it is offensive to someone who's not in the Northeast because we <laughs> live by schedule and we live by domination in the Northeast United States just per capita, probably more than anywhere else, even if it's a blue collar job, domination. And so I just say per capita, and I've been everywhere else in the world, but this is a true thing. Like part of the reason that New York is New York City because there's no BS. There's no having to read between yeah. the lines. And I get there needs to be mystery, but not if you're an efficient, effective business. So talk to yeah. me a little bit about that because you seem just so good in that way. I mean, you because even though you're in Washington, you're bringing some of that Northeastern mentality with you. Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, and I think maybe that's part of, I didn't even think about that way, uh, maybe part of the reason why <laughs> I'm like, I can't tell people that I'm official business yet, because I don't want them to be let down that I'm not an official business, <laughs> like, you know what I mean, like, uh, maybe that's where that comes from, but yeah, so I think, 
Yeah, I, I guess you're saying just how. What I guess clarify your question. For yeah, me, I don't know if it's a question or not. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, I more was a commentary, and so yeah. I think that that's you know, I'm just making an observation of like a superpower that you have that I think anyone from the Northeast who has has this has been instilled in them direct attitude. It's like when you deal with customers and client, there isn't really any other way. Like, I think people try to okay. sugarcoat things, and I think they try to, um, you know, make a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down, where we're just, like, fucking shove yeah. the spoon down the throat. And it's like, but it's better that way. I I've, well, I was doing a job interview, and the guy did get the job. He was in, um, in when I was in the restaurant equipment business also, um, and we were doing restaurant equipment and, and restaurant construction and stuff like that and distribution of food service products through that company paper or whatever a person interviewed one of the things he said to me is the, one of the greatest skills he had was being from the northeast and he understood like northeasterners don't stab each other in the back particularly new yorkers they stab you in the front and they let you know it's coming and it's like that you know and it's just that type of thing where just that direct mentality but in the food service business in the customer service business in the friendship building long-term relationship business directness goes a lot farther in the with with helping the humans involved i guess is what i'm saying yeah for sure um there's always been a part of me that is just you know uh, first and foremost i'm like a opportunity driven person so i'm like okay uh don't tell me what i'm doing good because i don't really care like i probably already know it tell me what you didn't like so i can fix it basically and i think that's my mentality as I go into this, it's always been my mentality when I worked in retail and where I work now, it's kind of the same environment where I'm like, okay, cool. The great feedback is nice. But I think to play into what you're saying is like, no, tell me what you don't like. So I can either work on it or tell you it's not going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a key for us as we move forward is like my wife is kind of the same way. And as we start this business venture for me is yeah, like I want customers to be treated fairly and honestly. And I don't think anytime you can, you know, or even employees for that matter, if we grow to that point, it's like you got to be open and honest with them and you got to tell straight to them. And and I think for me, yeah, the customer is always right. But I think, yeah, like you said, I'm going to let you know how, how, it, how I feel and I'm going to make sure we can take care of you the best we can. And so I think, I think that's why I've gravitated towards uh, Justin <laughs> so much. Cause I feel like that's a lot of his personality. Yeah. He, the um, dude's got his head on his shoulders really straight, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that to me is one of the things that he and I connected with right away is that he spent some time in the Northeast um, and he's just a straight shooter. And so I think there's a part of that that is why we can work so well together in that same space because we both align on those values. So, Yeah, it's hugely, it's hugely important, the values, the core values, um, especially as a business or people you surround yourself as a business owner or entrepreneur. You want people that are also 
entrepreneurs and growing their business and you guys want to cross pollinate each other you want to learn from each other and even if it's in the same business field or segment there's a lot of cross pollination you guys will never be the same humans like your dna will never be the same there will be only one of you that ever exists you know it's just not possible to create another one of us even if we perfectly copied ourselves it'll never be exactly the same because eventually the bodies start to change differently even in twins and so the the thing is what we're talking about here is the the networking that's going on here and Justin as an influence and he's been on the podcast I think now I mean he's almost been three years I want to say he might be going on four years he when his first episode did and he's just such an impactful direct human and you know where you stand and that's okay but he does very well knowing what he stands for and he sticks by it and he's true to himself and that's really really important in the food business and in the branding business especially because now as food entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general we have to build personal brands to go along with our brands because now that the marketing of our personal uh, of our companies good enough we also have to build a personal brand as an entrepreneur and the face of the company to go along with the brand that we're building and so we form this weird triangulation of life trying to balance a family a business and like this personal brand thing and then on top of it if you know if you're religious you're trying to put god first on top of it and then your family and then the business and you're like holy crap this is going on right now and yeah. so like all of those things are happening and Justin does it very well and he's a really good mentor and coach because I feel like he's been through all of those things. So pretty cool. I'm glad like we're talking about this because he's basically your Colonel Sanders right now and you're uh, Dave <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I talk about definitely. that a lot, but I love the story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, definitely leaning on him a bunch and uh, a few other of our friends right now to you know, kind of help guide us and see either, you know, how we can pull them into the fold or and, and do something together or what it is so, or where we're going with what we want to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. Like, what does that look like? Um, I mean, what, it, how do you, I mean, it's almost like I'm on, we're on the game back in the day and I get five lifelines and which one am I going to choose? So, how do you reach out? Because I think it's important. We don't talk about this on the podcast. Like, how does someone in your position seek mentorship and help? What are you doing to do it? I mean, what are the steps you taking in details? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think for me, just having a bunch of people with a bunch of different knowledge around me and then figuring out what the, the problem or the thing that I need some help with or just have, want some opinions on. So depending on what it is, uh, you know, if it's a, you know, uh, managing a people thing, I may talk to one of my people from Zoomies. If it's a, um, a how to start this business, I'm definitely going to lean on, you know, a, a Justin or a buddy of ours, Frank, uh, and, and kind of, you know, bend their ear. So I just, for me, it's like, I look at the people who did something well or that I really liked or appreciated or thought, Hey, these guys did a really good job with this. Um, for the most part, if I don't know them, or if I do know them, I'm just going to ask them pretty point point blank. Because like you said, I'm, that's kind of who I am. I was like, hey, I have this question. What do you think? Or what are your opinions? And see what they say. Um, but then I think it's also important to, you know, if there is someone that you see doing something well or something that you want to emulate or um, that you have questions about, I think you talked about this triangulation of uh, like life family and the brand of who they are and who the restaurant is 
I think social media has kind of made it easier for people to reach out and connect and send DMs. And yeah, obviously, depending on how big that person is or, you know, how well known they are, maybe me may generate your response that you get back but uh there's definitely been people that i've connected with through social media um that specifically that you know know pizza very well and have just asked their opinion sent them pictures of my crust or you know the cross section of the dough and um people that i now regularly will chat with or talk to when they're in the area we go grab a drink and so i think i think there's just kind of this like for me it's like yeah leverage the people you have around you and for me it's like i like people so i like making a ton of friends and uh since we moved here we've made a ton of friends that work in the food industry or have had restaurants because we're in a smaller town it's the the circles are a little easier to run in and then um yeah just kind of like i said using social media using the platforms to you know reach out and connect with people that I really appreciate either what they do or their opinion or things like that. And I just want to know and create a connection with them. So I think it's really cool. And it's a really great attitude because, you know, in order to grow, you have to give back and you're going to grow other people from the growth that you're experiencing that other people are investing in you that work for you or work in your business or, or become teammates of yours. So yep. I think that's hugely important, Phil, that, you know, we just, think about that a little bit i mean that's just where you are and with having great mentors and coaches and there's no better time now because once your business starts rolling you don't get to learn as much and it's harder and you get i find it interesting because the more things speed up in a business and the more you're trying need knowledge to learn and grow your business the harder it is to get to it because your time gets limited and I'm just going to go off on a commentary on this because I think it's important for anyone in the yeah. audience is most people, humans, sorry, most humans, when we get into our like 30s and 40s, we get so consumed by like we almost go into a natural survival mode. And that survival mode is just the daily grind of everything we do and our kids going to school and everything. And we are so consumed by that tree in front of us, we really lose track of the forest. Okay? And I get it. Our kids are important. I get it. Our families are important. I get it. Our businesses are important. But what we fail to do is we fail to look at it holistically as a whole forest and what actions we could take that could simplify our lives and where everything would benefit from the same actions. And I only say this because right now where Phil is, he's doing a natural job of sort of categorizing and picking the things that are important and focusing on those. And they have visionary threads, which I talk about, which is they're going to have a commonality in his life that will weave the blanket or the the quilt that will be his life eventually when he passes away you know what does it look like well what if visionary thread what are the things that i'm wasting my time on and weaving my needle around that has no thread on it and isn't building a future i think that that's an important thing also but for right here right now a lot of individuals don't realize that maybe the career you're choosing is the wrong path maybe you have to take a step backwards maybe you have to take the risk to be an entrepreneur but in order to really weave it it doesn't matter when you start but you should weave some sort of blanket in your life that has compounding effect and goodness in your life, not just monetarily and not just the relationships you build, but so much more. What are you going to give? What's going to last? What kind of impact are you going to make on the people around you? 
And I think when if we could think about that holistically as humans, like, what is it that I really want to do? Yes, I need a job. And yes, I need money. And yes, I need to put food on my table. But what is it that I can do in that space or to simplify my life? Or what things do I need to get rid of and aren't important? I know people focus on social media a lot in business. It's very important in, in good marketing and advertising. But every once in a while, you may need to hit the pause button and just be like, okay, like this is consuming me. I'm not working in my business enough. I'm working on my business too enough. And often people yeah. work in their business too much, but I'm starting to see a lot of people think they need to work on their business all the time in the social media. And I need to build my brand and I'm falling behind and the rest of the world. And if I don't capture it now, I'm going to miss it. Well, lightning in a bottle is a balance between the two. And if you throw it off the other direction, you're, you're doing it. You're just stressing yourself out for no reason if you're working on your business and not in it. And if you're working in your business and your business isn't growing, then you're not spending enough time on your business. So it's just finding balance. And um, I just yeah. want to emphasize that with everyone. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a really solid point, a really interesting way of looking at it. And I think uh, I heard somewhere and it stuck with me. Like someone's like, you can only really do three things really well. It's like once you get past trying to manage three things, things become overwhelming. And so I was like thinking about it, even as you're going through your answer, I was like, man, what are my three things? Like, and so for me, I think it's like family first, right? I want to make sure my kids are happy. I want to make sure my wife is happy. I want to make sure, you know, first and foremost, they're taken care of. And I'm like, what are the two things that I do after that? And it's like the pizza shop is becoming that third thing where it may have been another hobby before. And the other thing would be my current job, right? Making sure I'm a good employee this way. My source of income doesn't go away, right? So I'm like, I think those are my three things. And you talked a lot about like the, at the end there, that building a brand versus working, uh, working, trying to work on your brand versus working in your business or building your business, working on your business. I forgot the way you phrased it, but yeah, I could see, I could see how that is the trap and specifically talking with, any friends of mine that have their own brands or uh, of clothing or doing their business on the side. I'm like, I think for me, the thing I try to maintain is, and I think the balance will come right. Social media can be a trap and it can consume what people do. And uh, to me, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. It's like for me, for specifically the pizza shop, so you can, for my own experiences, like, I could sit there and put out content after content day after day or stories or Instagram reels or whatever it is. Right. But I think for me is like, I want to focus on making the product as good as it can be. And then once you get it in the hands of the right people, they will talk and help share the stories for you. And so for me, it's like, for me, it's always like the quality has to be there and I'll post on Instagram when I get to it. (laughs) And so I know that can't be the case for certain brands or businesses or things like that. You need to leverage those social media to really grow, especially if you're trying to grow fast or quickly, or, you know, you need more income to come in through new eyes or however you're looking at it. Uh, I think I have the luxury of being in a, a smaller town where I can, you know, play it slow and like give, like I said, really focus on the product that I want to put out before I really have to worry about the branding of it all. Love this. Um, Phil, where can they find you online? And how? where are you located for your pop-ups and stuff like that? Or that they find all that information? 
Yeah, so the easiest spot is, as I talk about social media, it's probably the easiest place to get a hold of us. We have a website, but it's really when I do the uh, just put a menu up and how do you actually reserve your pizza. So you go to uh, pizzashopwa.com or you can do at or a or sorry at uh, underscore pizza underscore shop on Instagram. A little confusing, but just a pizza shop with some underscores in between the words. Um, yeah, and then next pop-up is March 18th at Birch Mountain Barbecue. And yeah, still working on some other potential pop-ups for the spring and summer right now. Cool. Uh, my last question, actually. Um, yeah. I know I think I said it was my last question, but maybe I have two last questions now that I just think about it. Here's the first one. What type of, what are your most, um, the pizzas that sell the most? Um, and um why do you think that is? And then my la- next question will be like, is there anything you want to share with anyone before we get off that if you wish you could say something or inspire another group or someone's considering whether to be an entrepreneur or start pop-ups, what would it be? So the first one is the pizza questions, the options. What are the most popular? Um, I actually just asked people for topping ideas the other day of like what they like. Um, and I think the one that we've done the most and has been the most popular and it's gotten the best feedback has been this like pe- uh, pepperoni and pesto combo. And I think it works well because you get the salty, little bit of that spice from the, the pepperoni, and then you get that freshness from the uh, pesto. Uh, they kind of play Holy with each crap, other very nicely. I love that idea. <laughs> yeah. So they, they play play well with each other nicely. And it's still, like I said, I think my, my wheelhouse is Italian flavors. So I do a lot of typically like, you know, classic like modern not modern takes like a some virtuoso here but i did like take like a classic like a pepperoni sausage or like a sausage and pepper pizza but then i'll try to add some different things to it whether it's you know ingredients in the actual sausage pairing it with ricotta or doing something different cheese wise like trying to just spin some of those classic styles and so that's where the pepperoni pesto came from and then now i see a bunch of people are doing pepperoni pesto so i think it is the new trend with pepperoni which is fun. <laughs> Pepperoni is one of the best meats ever. I'm sorry. I don't even know like lunch meat, like pizza meat. Like yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. I can just eat pe- I can eat salami and pepperoni like it's going out of style. And I am Italian, so uh, we can talk about that as well. But yes, well, yeah, I do I love all the Italian meats way more than the generic deli meats that are in there. Um, Crazy thing about pepperoni? Not even Italian. Yeah. Not even <laughs> Yeah. Even though it's a tight name, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. That's, uh, Explain that. Sure. Yep, go ahead. I don't know the entire um, origin of pepperoni, but I mean, there's, it's, it is, I want to say it's probably American because I think it's like almost exclusively like pizza is its purpose. I know you can put it on sandwiches, you can make it bigger, blah, 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 but it is the best vehicle. Uh, it's best, it, it does its best job on pizza. <laughs> and so, yeah, I I don't remember exactly where the origin was. I literally just read something about it the other day, and it in one ear or in my brain and out. But um, yeah, I saw that it was not. It's not an Italian, uh, Italian pe- uh, like sausage. So yeah, it's really cool. And most sausages actually are um, German, just from their origin. Just so everyone's yeah. aware of that one. Just Jordan, particularly Bavarian, but there are like different regions across Germany that really perfected the sausage, the hamburgers, obviously from there. Um, yeah. And so things like that. And actually no one knows this also, but I'm pretty sure the meatball 
is from the Netherlands or Germany as well. I don't think it actually comes from Italy. That was just something that came over and ended up in pasta over here. Yeah. Um, because there are actually meatball sandwiches, which is one giant meatball between two buns in Germany in like pubs and stuff. So it's yep. basically a rounded hamburger. And, yeah. But has like meatball spices in it that you'd have in a meatball. That's weirdly now associated with Italian spices in a meatball. But somewhat. And depending on how the pub does it and how close yeah. they are to the Italian border. So... um. Or Swiss border, I guess. I don't remember how all that works either because they're all touching <laughs> each other and like Croatia and all that, which is also, they're all, the boundaries are kind of messed up because Italy wasn't Italy until like 1890s. So yeah, yeah, it's just really a weird thing. Um, and that's what I love about food in general is that melting pot of like, like you think something's Italian, but really it's born somewhere else, especially like, especially parts of Italy, which have, you know, have so many different immigrants coming and bring different recipes. You have their northern borders sharing with other countries. And I, I really enjoy watching that uh, Searching for Italy with Stanley Tucci, I think is probably one of my favorite shows on TV. <laughs> um, I've got to watch yeah. that. I haven't watched that. And Stanley Tucci is awesome. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's great. And he's also a great social media follow. <laughs> this is not a commercial for Stanley Tucci, but that dude is, he's a lot of fun. And, but yeah, that show's done really well. And they, they talk a lot about, Italy and its different regions and the different, you know, similar to America, right? People immigrated there, brought their style of cooking there and how it blended with Italian cooking and flavors. And like, I love that stuff. I'm a nerd for that. I will watch and read about that stuff all the time. So Phil, what, what do you want to leave the audience with? If you had oh, to leave them with man. anything, what would it be? I feel like it's a, a very much a cliche, but I think it's like the one thing that I think, like if you don't have, for me, I'm fortunate enough to have a very strong wife saying, no, you should do this. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. Like go, if you're not going to talk to them, I'm going to talk to them for you. Um, type of personality. And I love that about her. And I think for me, like ultimately it was my decision to say, yeah, let's do it. And I think that's, what I would say is like, if you have that hobby in the back of your head or you're sitting there going, am I good enough? Is this whatever you're doing good enough? Can I really run this business? I think one, I talked about surrounding yourself with those people and reaching out and making those connections and then doing it. And I think that's like, it sounds, like I said, sounds weird for me to say do it when I'm not quite doing it yet. <laughs> but I think I'm on that journey and on that, that path to doing the thing that I want to do. And, um, you know, ultimately working for myself versus someone else and being able to kind of like leave my stamp on something. And I think if you have that thought, pull the trigger, do it, start, start making those little incremental steps. Right. For me, it was, I'm going to just figure out how to make dough and make pizza for my family. Literally you know, make dough. I, yeah. That's was it. Like, let me, what do I need? <laughs> what are the, I know the ingredients are these, let's start to figure out how I like to do it. So, um, I think that's it. It's just take that first step, whether it's making a thing or connecting with someone who's already doing the thing that you want to do. I think getting someone in your corner, kind of whispering in your ear, those things that the, the affirmations you want to hear, you're telling yourself, if you have someone else saying it, it kind of feels like you got your team. And so I think that'd probably be the two things I would say is like, take those baby steps, learn what you want to learn and start to do the thing. And then start to surround yourself with people who, who see the vision. 
Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And uh, Phil, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. Where can they find you on social media again? Uh, it's at a underscore pizza underscore shop. Um, yeah, and that, that's on Instagram. So it's the only one I really manage. And my wife manages our Facebook. So we do have a Facebook page as well, but I don't even look at that one. So <laughs> Instagram is the best avenue for it. Very cool. Thank you, Phil. Um, Anyone in the audience, I want you to share the episode. It helps Phil. If you're a fan of Phil's or you're a fan of Justin Fox's out there, the the more you guys can go across like any platform possible, give it five stars, give it a positive review, uh, rate them or share it. It helps the entrepreneurs on the show. It works like an algorithm, no different than social media. So the more you support the episodes, yes, it benefits me too selfishly, but it also benefits them and gets their story out there, helps them build their brands. And it actually supports it when people are looking through episodes and they have good ratings. It could happen at any time. So share the episodes. Give back the love. These entrepreneurs are coming on here to share their story, mainly to help other entrepreneurs grow. But they're also here to share their story and inspire people like it. I'm going to have you back on the uh, show, Phil, in like a month or two to see how you're progressing and see how things are going with Justin Fox as your uh, mentor. And I'm going to get him back (laughs) on the show. And also go back and share Justin Fox's episodes, guys, if you're you're listening in, because I think it's important. And if you want to find us, uh, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. And we're out. Thank you, guys. Love you all. Bye.